0: Chapter 10 Reshma continued her way through the forest stepping over rotted logs and brushing by long branches in her way She would occasionally call out Ilsi's name, but she couldn't hear an answer in return. She glanced at the sky above and wrinkled her brow It's almost morning. How long have I been at this? Reshma thought. She stopped to fill her mouth with water when she put her water pouch away, she heard an unearthly scream. It rang through the trees and sent flocks of birds scattering from the treetops and soar into the morning sun. Oh no, please don't let it be ill, see anything but that, she thought as she sprang into a run. She tried her best to run quickly with little light. She called a spell and she formed a small ball of fire, acting as a guide along her way, not caring if anyone or anything was watching. Not long after, she heard the wailing stop. She heard the movement of leaves. Everything muted. Reshma's mind whirled as she stopped for a moment for any audible clues. She decided to keep going even though she felt like she was running in circles. An hour later, she found what she was looking for. Ilse, lying in a patch of crunchy leaves, with a small grin on her face and a glittery object fitted around her finger. Sparkling glass was spewed all around Ilse, glinting in the faint moonlight and early morning sun. Reshma, hardly bothered to wonder where the glass came from, brushed it away so she could kneel next to her. Ilse, wake up! Come on, Ilse, get up! "'She said, shaking her. "'Ilsie arose in fright, whirling her head frantically. "'What? What's going on?' "'Ilsie cried and caught sight of Reshma. "'Oh, thank the gods you found me!' "'The two friends embraced as Reshma's ball of fire encircled them. "'Reshma picked up Ilsie's lantern and whispered a spell. "'The ball of fire immediately disappeared into the lamp, offering more light. "'What's that thing on your finger?' "'Reshma said, pointing at Ilsie's hand. "'Looks valuable!' I'm not sure, Ilsie said, bemused, holding her hand out to allow both to admire the ring. I was under some sort of spell, I think. I can't remember much of what happened, but I saw this ring, I picked it up, and everything else is all just a blur. A spell? Reshma said. I think so. I just heard a strange voice and it took control of my mind, Ilsie said, breathing heavily. Then something happened and next thing I realized, I was pinned down to the ground by vines... Well, let's get out of here before something else happens to us, Reshma said, helping Ilse to her feet. Well, I'm not waiting around for that to happen again. Agreed, Ilse said, and the two set off. We should be extra careful, though, Reshma murmured. That spell wasn't an accident. It could have been a trap set by someone who lives here, or even the Yildurums. Oh, I'm getting real suspicious of that ring, Ilse shivered. Or maybe it means we're getting closer, she suggested hopefully. Sebra said that the Ildurhams couldn't get in. Perhaps it's because the elves set too many booby traps. Ilse looked back towards the ground where she was almost choked to death, then clutched her own hand closer to her, looking down at the ring. They continued on their way, even until the sun had finally awoken. It became visible enough to walk without the lantern, and it became more frequent that Ilse's stomach growled with hunger. "'Ilsie and Reshma walked out of the shade of trees and out into a large open clearing. "'The trees were dead and the grass was scorched yellow and in need of watering. "'Swarms of large flies scanned the area for anything alive to eat "'and noticed that the girls were the best options. "'Ilsie swatted them away in disgust. "'Their feet crunched large clumps of grass when something pushed them back. "'They stumbled backwards, feeling dazed and slightly confused. Ilse rubbed her nose and gritted her teeth. "'After shutting her eyes in pain, she opened them to see nothing.' The largest obstacle was a decaying tree to her far left. It was just air before her. What was that? Ilsie said, feeling the air in front of her. Her fingertips stopped as if she was hitting a wall. Reshma felt it too. Oh, I think we found something, Reshma said, rubbing her forehead with a sly grin. Is this another wall? Another spell? Ilsie asked. She spread out her hands and felt the invisible solid, trying to find any holes. The barrier exceeded her height and touched the ground and stretched quite a ways away from their first contact. Well, we have to think of something. We can't go back the way we came, Rushma said. Wait, maybe this wall needs swift too, Ilsi said. That was how we left Ravenna. Valid, Reshma replied, hooking her hand around Ilsi's belt. Give it a shot. Ilse braced herself, not knowing what could possibly wait beyond the invisible shield, but feeling secretly happy that she was good for something. She gripped Rushma's hand and gritted her teeth. "'Swift!' she finally cried. She wasn't sure of what to expect, but she felt her body rush towards the wall and the same amount of force push her back again. Reshma sputtered and wheezed as she too crashed into the barrier and flew backwards. When Ilsie's vision came back to her, she looked up and saw the same withering scene. "'Oh!' Reshma groaned, her bones making cracking noises as she arose. "'Oh, I wish that had worked. Good thing I'm still the Iron Skull, eh?' Ilsie groaned in reply and remained on the ground, staring up at the sky. She felt pain everywhere and wanted to do anything but stand up. Get up, lazy bones, Reshma said, offering a hand. More like broken bones, Ilsi said, but raised a limp arm to grab Reshma's hand. Ilsi took another look at the barrier once she was on her feet and her eyes could focus again. Well, I suppose if Swift doesn't do the trick, I highly doubt that any other powers will work, Ilsi thought aloud. Reshma lightly traced a circle, touching the wall. Her finger was yellow and orange from the flames flickering and dancing on her fingertip. Nope, she said, for I won't cut through. Maybe a weapon? Knives wouldn't work, Ilsi answered, discouraged. Sebra said the elves were protected. They wouldn't create a defense susceptible to man-made swords or arrows. True. The girls thought silently to themselves, trying to come up with a good idea, but secretly waiting for the other to suggest something first. Ilse looked back down at her hand, resting on her knee while she sat on a rock, and admired how the ring shined in the light. She gently pulled it off her thumb and held it between her other thumb and pointer finger, and spun it with her other pointer finger to admire it from all angles. As she spun it in her hands, she saw something peculiar about the inside of the ring. She suddenly had the idea to hold it up to her eye. She closed her right eye and looked through the ring like it was a telescope. Though her vision blurred at the far right and left, she could see a noticeable difference between what she saw through the ring and outside the curve of its shape. Through the hole, everything was the same, only full of life, dark green grass and trees that held their branches sturdily instead of sagging under dead weight. She quickly lowered the ring from her eyesight and saw dead yellow grass again. She held up the ring again and saw the thick, tall grass once more. Reshma, she said, this ring is amazing, look. She held it up so Reshma could look through it. Reshma held out a finger to steady it near her face, but she hissed and retracted her hand. That thing bit me, she cried. Why do you keep it on your finger? What? Ilse said. It feels like regular metal to me. She held it in her hand to prove her point. Did your parents teach you to pick up just anything in a forest? Reshma countered. A forest that probably has a lot of eerie things in it that are trying to kill us, apparently. Well, I just held it up to my eye and everything was living and beautiful, Ilse retorted. I wonder if it could do something to this barrier." She stood up, still gripping the ring with her thumb and pointer finger. Before she really thought about what she was trying to do, she held out the ring and pressed it against the invisible surface. She pushed hard to make sure it would keep its position. What are you? Waves of color suddenly burst straight through trees and grass and stretched as far as Ilse could see. Like a pebble thrown into still water, small ripples of rich hues circled about the area where Ilse held the ring against the wall. Suddenly, the colors whitened into a bright light, and the girls covered their eyes from the sight. The light faded, and sparkles drifted to the ground. Ilsie slowly lowered her arm, and the two looked before them in wonder. There was a visible division between the decaying vegetation they stood in and lush green grass swaying like ocean waves that reached to their waists. Trees reached for the skies with their branches, bursting with life, as if housing thousands of creatures. The branches were heavy with fruit and blossoms and created a straight path before them. Everything was exactly how Ilsi saw through the ring's hole. The girls looked at each other and cautiously crossed over to the transformed growth and walked briskly through the small field. Nothing impeded their path and they kept walking. Look! Apples and oranges! Resma pointed and didn't wait a moment to scramble up the tree. She plucked fruits from several branches, dropping them to the ground below. When their bags were expanded to the limit with food, they ventured onward, hungrily biting into the juicy fruit. Ilsie laughed as juice dribbled down her chin and tried to rub it away with her hand. This is so delicious, Ilsie said with relish. I'm so glad we're out of that forest. We should build a huge cottage and just stay here forever, Reshma suggested. You can build the cottage, Ilsie returned, and I'll take a nap for you. They came across a small stream and joyfully knelt at the edge and drenched their faces with cool water. This is amazing, Ilsie smiled. Do you think Ladala lives here? If I will, Ladala... Reshma answered, ''I would.'' They followed a dirt path over a large hill and stood at the very top to admire the scenery below. There was a large, deep, round valley bordered by roaring waterfalls pouring into it. A cloud of rising mist made it hard to see just how deep the waterfalls went. ''Where are we?'' Ilsie breathed. ''Incredible!'' Reshma whispered. The path snaked through trees and fields, pointing towards the valley. ''Let's go and find Ladala.'' "'Ilsie said and walked on briskly and happily, "'Rashma following behind. "'What do you want with Ladala? a voice asked sternly. "'The girls whirled to see a pair of figures standing behind them. "'They wore matching uniforms of green tunics "'tucked under green jackets buttoned at the front. "'They both wore brown breeches and thick brown boots "'laced up to their shins. "'One was a man, his hair black, bushy, and curly, "'his sword wielded defensively. "'The other, a blonde woman with short, straight blonde hair, "'her arms folded smugly.' Each had long, pointy ears protruding out of their hair, but their long, slender noses and almond-shaped eyes captured Ilsie's attention. She flinched and realized two more were behind her. Another man and woman stood behind the girls, both aiming arrows at the center of the girls' foreheads. The woman had short, coiled brown curls, and the man had short, spiky red hair shooting off behind him as though a harsh wind was blowing them back. The four figures edged closer, and Reshma unsheathed a dagger, and Ilsie gripped her own tightly and pointed the tip at the closest one to her. You have no business being here, the elf with red spikes warned. Who are you and how did you get here? Which one of you has the ring? The blonde elf questioned. Hand it over if it hasn't already burned your stubby fingers. It's right here, Ilsie said, showing the ring snug on her middle finger. The blonde elf flinched and took a few steps back, her blonde side swept bangs shielding one of her eyes, and the black-haired elf stepped closer to Ilsie. Why hasn't it burned you? The red-spiked elf asked bewildered from behind. "'Ilsie turned to look at his dazed expression. "'She must be a transformist,' the brown-haired woman suggested, still poised to strike. "'One small flick and the arrow would surely strike true between Ilsie's eyes. "'Don't be daft,' the blonde snapped, unsheathing her own dagger. "'She looks just as confused as we are. "'But a little girl with that,' the woman with brown locks returned. "'Impossible.' Reshma suddenly hummed an alto note, and her fingers burst into flames. Her hands looked like fierce and deadly talons of a dragon, and as she held them defensively before her, step back and give my companion and me some room and stop pointing all those weapons in our faces. The four elves looked at each other, then at Reshma's blazing hands, and Ilsie's unblemished hand curled into a fist around her dagger. The ring twinkling. The two, equipped with arrows, loosened their grip and pointed the tips to the dirt, while the black-haired male sheathed his sword and the blonde followed suit. She pointedly stared at Reshma's hands. "'Thank you!' Reshma retorted. "Ilse, please give them their stupid ring!' Ilse pulled it off, held it in her palm, and stepped forward to hand it to them. They all recoiled as though Ilsie was offering poison. "'What are you trying to do?' The blonde exclaimed. "'You wanted it!' Ilse said, confused. "'Did you change your mind?' She doesn't know what it does, the black-haired man mused, grinning knowingly. Thank you, Basim, a voice called. I can take it from here. Ilsie turned around. She was face to face with a stunning woman draped with mint green fabric. A long flowing dress swathed her figure, embellished with green gems. Her sleeves were silky, long, and gathered at her fingers. She had a headpiece made of silver fitted across her forehead and under a long strand of brown hair in front of her face. Her long, dark brown hair snaked down her back as curls, with a portion pulled back into an elaborate bun at the back of her head. Her hair matched her equally dark skin and round eyes. Ilse noticed that she had a long gold chain around her neck, and she had a pair of noticeable pointy ears with large hoop earrings dangling from them. "Milady," Basim breathed. The woman flicked her hair off her shoulders and smiled. As she took silent steps forward, the four elves fell to one knee and bowed in respect. The girls glanced quickly at the elves, then back at the beautiful woman. They shakily copied the elves and sank to their knees, staring at the grass beneath their feet. Reshma silently extinguished her fingers, and they gave off a little smoke. Who are you, and what are you doing here? The woman asked softly. We're here to see Ladala, Ilsi said in the bravest voice possible. If you could just tell us where she lives, that would be... Ilse broke off her speech at the sound of one of the elves, stifling a snort under their breath. Now, now, Lieselot. The woman chided slightly. This is no way to treat our guests. Please, stand on your feet. Ilsie looked up into the woman's face and rose to her feet. Reshma, following suit, brushed off her knees. I'm afraid I didn't have the chance to introduce myself immediately and have slightly deceived you. The woman smiled, her headpiece sparkling. I am Ladala. Ilsie and Reshma stood motionless, feeling color rise to their cheeks in awkwardness. "It's It's nice to meet you. Reshma murmured, holding her hand out to shake hands with Ladala. "'Why are you looking for me?' Ladala said, not reaching for Reshma's extended hand. "'Well, my friend Sebra told me.' "'Ah, Sebra sent you, did she?' Ladala laughed merrily, then faced the four elves. "'In that case, you can leave us be. I have much to discuss with our visitors. Any friend of hers is most certainly someone I should meet for myself.'